for this week. I just wanted to uh, give you a couple of challenges here uh, concerning a, a, um, a prayer request from a missionary's point of view. And uh, certainly Apostle Paul was such a man, a missionary. He was a church planner. A missionary really is an evangelist. He, he takes the gospel to places where it hasn't been heard before or hasn't been heard well. And he uh, preaches the gospel, preaches the word, and wins people to Christ. And uh, they are baptized, and they establish a, a body of believers there in that place, and a, a church is born. So churches send out missionaries, as they did in the Bible, and churches plant churches, and so it is. And so uh, from the mission field comes the prayer request of the missionary as he writes back home to the churches that are helping in the work. And so we want to take a look at that from the biblical uh, time frame and look at Paul's uh, uh, missionary letters that uh, he wrote back and what the request of his uh, of his uh, uh, missionary letters was and so I want to challenge you with uh, with that a little bit tonight as we go to prayer and then I want to have uh, more than two I have several uh, excerpts I want to read you from very recent missionary letters um, and a couple of um, reports from a, uh, a uh, radio ministry, a Christian uh, radio broadcasting uh, ministry that they have in places where they can't get missionaries in, in some of those places, and or where it's very difficult for missionaries to work. And so we're reaching them through um, preaching the gospel over uh, Christian, I mean, uh, Bible-believing kind of Christians. I'm not just talking about any kind of uh, Christian radio. I'm talking about really focused on preaching the gospel. And so I'll be sharing with you some of the things there, giving to you some uh, insights there, ask you to pray for this Christian Radio International ministry that's uh, really a, 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 minister, a radio ministry that's from our perspective as Bible believers, as fundamentalists. And so I'll uh, share some of that with you as well. But uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.25 is kind of the crux of where, where I want to uh, uh, do that. You don't even have to turn there. I'm going to have you memorize it. I'm going to have you memorize it. I'm going to have, to have you to repeat it after me. Uh, don't you don't even have to look at it. And so it's First Thessalonians 5:25. And here's the here's the verse. Brethren, pray for us. All right. Let's try that together. Ready? Brethren, pray for us. First Thessalonians 5:25 is the scripture. So you just memorize the Bible verse. I'm going to check you at the end and see if you pass. Uh, you don't get to go home until you can say it from memory. So. Uh, uh, but certainly that uh, is um, really the, the center, the s uh, central theme of the, the thought I wanted to get across to you for a few minutes tonight. Uh, as I followed Paul's uh, letters through from the different places he was and the different churches he wrote to, I find he repeats that uh, request quite a bit. I got interested in, uh, in his request as opposed to his... Um, his, uh, his assurances that he prayed for people, and I find that very much more often, Paul's talking about who he prays for and how he prays for them and what he prays for them than any request for himself. It's seldom that he even asks for the churches to pray for him, but it's very significant that he does. And it is uh, included in the scripture as a reminder to us to, uh, to be diligent in our prayer for those that are representing us in the different places in the world. So he's writing back to the Roman church. He's in Corinth. And when you go to uh, uh, visit the Middle East and go to Israel on your tour there, you may 
sign up for the uh, Greece uh, part of it, and you may be flown over there, and, and you might uh, want to go uh, on a tour and see the ancient city of Corinth. And when you're there, you'll be able to stand at the very Bema seat that Paul stood at. You'll be able to uh, walk the, the, uh, the streets of Corinth, as Paul did, see the uh, marketplace, and you'll be able to look high up on the hill and see the temple, the remains of the temple, to the various gods and goddesses that they worshipped in Corinth there. And uh, it's a remarkable place and just a sense of real history when you stand in that place. It was there at, at Corinth that Paul was writing back to the church at Rome, and one of the things that he uh, asked at the church in Rome was for them to pray for him. Let's take a look at that one for Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Romans chapter 15, verse 30, and um, verse 30 through verse 32. So uh, take a look there. Romans 15, verse 30 through 32. What does First Thessalonians 5.25 say? All right. See, you got it. You got it already. Uh, Romans uh, 15 and verse 30 says it this way, though. Paul says, Now I beseech you, I beg you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me. How do I strive together with you, Paul? How can I work together with you as a missionary? You're over there. I'm over here. How can I strive together with you? How can I pull the rope together with you? He says, strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. And so here Paul is again as a, an evangelist, a missionary, making that request to a church. So tonight, these mission letters I'm going to read to you, uh, take them with that impetus that they're, done, they're saying pray for us, but actually in their heart they're saying, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you pray for us, that you strive together with me in your prayers. And what Paul is saying there is that I can't do this uh, without the help of the Lord, and I can't have the help of the Lord like I need it, without the brethren entering into prayer with me and striving together with me. To strive is to fight, you know. And so he says to, to fight the good fight with me. And, Paul, we can actually be as though we are there with you when we're praying for you. And so it is with our brethren who are in the various, uh, their various stations around the world tonight. We can strive together with them tonight in prayer. So when we break to prayer time, be thinking of that. When, when, we, when I read the missionary letters, write them down and write some of the things down that they ask for prayer about and strive together with them in your prayers tonight even and then through the week. So he says, uh, striving together in your prayer uh, to God for me, verse 31, that I and my, my prayer request for you to do that is so that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. So he says, I need help, I need deliverance from those that are uh, in opposition, that are opposing the gospel, that are fighting this thing. I need deliverance from them and the safety from them who would even, who would even interfere and, and, and even the threats of my life. So he asked for them to pray regarding his deliverance from the unbelievers uh, in Judea. And then he says, pray for also that I, that I might be, uh, my, my representation of the saints in Jerusalem might be accepted unto them. He's going to the Gentiles. The Jerusalem saints are mostly, almost all, uh, converted Jews. And there's still, you know, that, uh, that sense of difference between Jew and Gentile. And he's asking the church at Rome to pray for him that the Jews, the believing Jews might get it, that they might understand the the uh, work of the Lord and the Gentiles, and that they might 
uh, he's, in the, he's in the midst of receiving uh, some financial help for the churches, the poor, the, churches, uh, the church at Jerusalem. He's in the midst of that, and he's wanting to communicate to them that, yeah, they're the first church. Yes, they are the place where the gospel originated out of. Yes, it's true, but they need the Gentiles as much as the Gentiles need them. And so he's saying to the church, he's saying, pray that they'll get that. Pray that they'll get it, that the brethren need each other and that the walls of separation are down and there's no longer Jew and Gentile, rich and poor, black and white. It's, uh, we're all one in Christ. So he's asking for that in his prayer request too as a missionary, that they wouldn't see him as a foreigner coming in and that, that, that the uh, home uh, church wouldn't... Uh, uh, see a, a distinction made that uh, we're all one in Christ. So that's a, that's a prayer request of the missionary there. Now in another place, he uh, again from, um, a, uh, from another uh, ministry, he's uh, and in another church and uh, he's writing now back to a, to a place that he has been but is not now. He's writing to the church at Corinth in this, in this passage. And so look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 11, here he's writing now back to that church. He's not there. And um, he's appealing to them in the same sense that he appealed to the Romans uh, when he wrote to them from Corinth. Now he's writing to Corinth. And uh, here he's writing from the church there and the work in Philippi. And he says to the Corinthian church, he says, ye... Altogether, the body of believers there, right to the church, ye also helping together by prayer for us. Here he said, striving together, fighting the fight together in the other place. And here he says, helping together by prayer. So you ask, well, how can I help my missionaries? Well, we can give uh, to missions faithfully and consistently so that we can support their financial needs. Uh, but we can do more than that, much more. We can help together by prayer for them. He said, helping together for prayer for us. And, and here's the thing he wants you to pray for in the specifics. He says that the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, uh, thanks may be given unto many on our behalf. So he says, pray and be thanking God that by the uh, giving of many, many people, many, many other people are going to hear the truth of the gospel. So uh, helping together, praying and giving seeing that working together we can do so much more than trying to do it on our own. So uh, that's his, his, uh, the second place we find a reference to Paul talking to churches asking for prayer. Uh, th a third place in Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 4. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 4. Um, if you'll look there for a moment, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 3. Colossians chapter 4. And verse 3, he's writing to the, Colo the church at Colossae now. If you go on your trip in Greece, you're going to uh, have the opportunity to go up to Colossae and see that, uh, the remnants of that uh, town there. And here's Colossae, and uh, he's writing to the Colossians there from, um, from Rome. And so he's back in Rome now. He's, he gets around, doesn't he? Gets around. And so he's back in Rome now. He's writing to the church at Colossae. Uh, Colossae. And he says in chapter 4, verse 3, With all, praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which 
I am also in bonds. And so uh, there he's asking the church to pray that God will, even in his uh, restricted circumstances there in Rome because of his arrest, that he'd still be able to communicate the truth of the gospel to those that would hear. And he certainly did. We find evidence that Paul did a great deal of uh, uh, work for the Lord, and, and his service for the Lord was not hampered and hindered by the prison walls and the prison bars. He uh, was blessed of God to be able to continue it on in his writing and his preaching and his communicating with those outside. And so uh, he's asking for prayer concerning that, that a door of utterance uh, may be opened unto them to speak the the truth of the mystery of the gospel of Christ. So uh, to bring that up to the present time, we're having missionaries say the same thing. They're saying, pray for us that a door of utterance may be opened unto us, that we may learn to communicate with the people that we're trying to communicate to, that we may learn the language swiftly and readily, that we might learn the customs, that we don't offend them before we get the gospel to them, that we might have opportunities once we do get the basics down to be able to communicate the truth to them in a way that they'll receive and understand. And so all of that's uh, part of the request that is given by the missionary that a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ uh, could be opened up unto them. And he said, uh, pray also, in verse 4, he said, pray that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. And I say what we say there, uh, make, it, uh, make it known. Uh, make it to, to be manifest is to be, you know, to be known from several facets and several aspects. To make it manifest um, a, a manifold means in many ways and manifest means uh, to to demonstrate in many different ways and, and different uh, directions uh, the truth so I, I want to make it manifest I want to be able to speak as I ought to speak so a missionary is going to in the present he's going to be praying for, for he's going to be asking you to pray for him that he is able to communicate the truth in the way he should that God will call from his mind those things that shouldn't be there and that God will help him to communicate what he needs to communicate. You know what, all of us get, uh, you know, all of us get mixed up from time to time in, in uh, what we're trying to say and what we want to say. And Paul's saying, I don't want to do that. I want to make it clear to them and I want to give them what God wants them, not just my opinions, not just my prejudices, not just my own thoughts. I want to give them what God has for them. <clears throat> so, of course, any preacher desires that, but especially the missionary, as he has not—he uh, has many more uh, obstacles than a, than a one who's preaching to those of his own tongue and his own, own language, his own culture. Uh, he has many more obstacles to overcome than we do, and so he asks for your prayers uh, for that as a missionary. And, and then the, the last one I want to uh, point to is Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse one and two. And uh, again, the request is made. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 1 and 2. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So he says that uh, again in, this, in the first book of Thessalonians, in the first letter he said it. Brethren, pray for us. This time he says that again. Finally, brethren, pray for us. And he prays that the word of the Lord may have free course. It's like a river that doesn't have any obstacles that just can flow from its origin to the ocean. 
He says, let the, let the word of the Lord be like that so that it doesn't have any uh, obstacles, any uh, places where it's dammed up and stopped from uh, coming downstream. Help the word of the Lord go downstream all the way to where the Lord wants it to be. And so to have free course. And then he says, help, uh, uh, pray for us that the word of the Lord may be glorified. He never said, pray for us that our ministry may be glorified. Pray for us that people recognize my name. Uh, he doesn't say any of that. He says, pray for the Lord. Pray that the Lord's word might be glorified, even as it is with you. And to be glorified in the sense that, it, that people recognize its power and experience the power of the word of the Lord. That's why he says, I want it to be glorified as it is with you. Brethren in Thessalonica, the word of the Lord has been glorified with you because you've seen the power of the word and you've responded to the power of the word and people talk about your testimony all over. He said to the, it was the Thessalonians that he said, man, your, your testimony is echoed all over, all over uh, Asia. You, the, the gospel has sounded out. The, the testimony that you have is sounded out across the, uh, you know, across the uh, Asia Minor there and people know about that church and people know uh, that God has done a work there and is doing a work. So he says, pray that way, brethren, and it might happen here on the mission field where I am. Uh, pray that, that the word will have that kind of free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And then he said, pray that you know, we'll be delivered from two classes of men. One, the unreasonable, people that, you know, you, you give them re the reason of the scriptures, you give them the reason, the reasonableness to believe the scriptures, and yet, you know, with, without any sense of reason, they reject it. They're just unreasonable men. Or they, uh, or they uh, require things of you that are unreasonable, kind of like our government today, you know. Uh, uh, unreasonable sometimes, you know, certainly unreasonable. There's a, there's a much quicker way to solve all the high homeless crisis and the housing crisis and the, the lack of jobs crisis. All those things are quickly solved when we apply the scriptures to them. They're quickly solved, but, uh, you know, we, we're, we're facing some unreasonable men. So, so uh, when you apply reason and you apply scripture, uh, good things happen. Uh, and uh, so we have, uh, we have Paul asking them to pray that they'll be delivered from unreasonable, unreasonable men. And the second class, he asked, are those that were just downright wicked. I mean, they're not just argumentative. They're not just uh, opposing in position, but they're downright wicked. They're just given to wickedness and given to harm and hurt. So pray that God will give us deliverance and help and protection from those, uh, those kind of men. So those are the requests that Paul uh, enumerated as a missionary. And I want to just share with you some things uh, here uh, that we, we have um, to pray for it. So uh, I want you to write down the Al family, A-U. That's uh, uh, Andrew and Elena are the, the folks, mom and dad, and then the kids. The Al family, they're in Hong Kong. He said, thanks for your prayers and continued support through these many years. So many of you take time to regularly remind us of your prayers and to give us encouragement. So thankful for those whom God is using to continue in the ministry here in Hong Kong who faithfully hold the ropes for us. You see, he's talking about striving together. Uh, there is much fruit to your account. On June 7, Hong Kong celebrated the uh, Tuen Ning Festival or the Dragon Boat Festival. For this holiday, many people eat rice dumplings and go to the beach and watch and cheer the dragon-shaped boats racing on the water. Make, uh, uh, it makes a, an exciting and thrilling spectacle. And the tradition teaches that the dragon-shaped boat, boats sail through the water to provide good luck and safety and prosperity. But at Kafuk and Liberty Baptist Church, we celebrate this ho holiday in a different way. 
uh, we were in the church cheering on those who uh, publicly followed God's command in baptism. And we're thankful for the seven individuals who got baptized that day. Uh, one particular that we're very thankful for was our oldest son, Alexander, who's uh, following the Lord in believer's baptism. So he asked your prayers for that. He mentions a little bit about the extradition law. You've been reading about China uh, wanting to extradite people out of Hong Kong and to the mainland and, and so on um, and reduce uh, more and more of their freedoms. So he's asking your prayers. Please pray for peace and stability and wisdom to minister to people during these difficult times. And so that's the Owl family. Dan and Debbie Morris now, I want you to add them as well tonight in your prayer time. Missionaries in Mexico celebrating recently their 32nd anniversary down at the church there in Tuxla Gutierrez. And uh, uh, he says uh, several uh, complicated bat legal battles have been a source of burden and care concerning our building. Somewhat, somewhat frustrated, but uh, we're asking for uh, God's direction and wisdom. I ask you to pray for us in that line. One of the legal battles has our Bible college project still on hold, but the architect is going ahead with the calculations and the steel uh, that we've ordered that's going into the concrete foundation. We have the specifications all done, and we're going to proceed to buy the rebar and begin tying it together as soon as we're uh, cleared to pour the concrete. So ask your prayers for that. And continuing to see a harvest of souls saved and baptized in all the churches and missions. The church in San Cristobal has grown so much they're having to tear out the side walls, raise the roof 10 feet, and add uh, more floor space to add a balcony. So what a blessing that is. Camp is this month also, and so we ask your prayers for about 120 of their young people out of the main church going to camp. They're also uh, sponsoring a deaf camp uh, and a vacation Bible, several vacation Bible schools uh, during this month and next. So ask your prayers there. And so we'll pray for the Morris family, the work down there in southern Mexico, uh, also down south of the border, the Walkers in Tijuana, Mexico, said it had a great service uh, this past Sunday, 807 people in attendance, had 64 adult first-time visitors, 24 people saved, and five were baptized that day. What a, a time for rejoicing. Said we had our second missions conference over 447, with 447 people attending the first night. Great messages and sessions on how to help our people grow in the knowledge, in knowledge and holiness in the area of worship and in church music. I believe God deserves the best. Plus, God's people are blessed when music, uh, including the quality of the sound, is excellent. I just read an article that quotes a Barna Group uh, and Cornerstone Knowledge Networks, which found that nearly 70% of millennials prefer classic church music over the trendy church music. Uh, and so um, he says, our conference helped many raise the bar for their personal and church standards for music, and we enjoyed it greatly. So uh, they're having that same, um, that same issue down there. But thank the Lord, there, there are churches on our, on our mission field that understand the issue of music as well and are uh, doing their best to keep it honoring the Lord. So many uh, parents, he said, of, uh, there are many parents of special kids in Mexico who have limited finances and resources to help their kids. We'd like to fill this gap for as many as possible. Our vision is to have 100 special ed students someday. Several of these children already attend our church and what a blessing it is to see them graduating in Sunday school this last month. We need your prayers to advance our master plan project and uh, working, uh, starting with one of the two classroom buildings. So, uh, so please pray along those lines for that. So some other thing, uh, another uh, thing that happened was a few days ago at 2.12 a.m. in the morning, got a call and uh, our director of the children's home was telling me that a thief had broken into the dorms, the children's dorm. He was watching him on the video, and so they went and confronted him. 
uh, and uh, George was his name, was the uh, dorm dad that, that was there. They caught him in the kitchen, and uh, George got stabbed five times, uh, but uh, he is recuperating, and they did, uh, he, he held on to the uh, intruder until the pastor got there, and they got the law enforcement there and got him taken away and taken to jail. So pray for George for his recuperation. He's doing well, but certainly that would shake him up for a good good uh, time. We ask your prayers for the Walkers in Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, then in uh, Venezuela, um, we have, this is from the that radio minister I was telling you about, the Christian Radio International Ministry. And the he reports that uh, Victor Payez, who's uh, work, they're working with, he's doing uh, now broadcasting over the radio in Venezuela. He said it's been a remarkable time. Although hundreds of our church members have left the country, we still have a record attendance of 650 or more every single day. Soul winners are out, about 150, witnessing and holding Bible studies somewhere in our city. They gather in homes and parks and alleys, markets and vacant lots. 65 new believers were baptized this quarter. 60 are in discipleship classes. It's the largest group we've ever had. Uh, we've held the largest youth conference ever, too, with 750 in attendance, and we started a new church in the suburb of Kennedy. 26 of our Venezuela Baptist Seminary students uh, who live in the neighboring state of Vargas are no longer able to get money for school or transportation into Caracas, so we added a satellite uh, uh, seminary campus in Mancudo, uh, the church of our graduate, Rafael Ramirez. So he has a small uh, auditorium, which they use for everything, classroom, lounge, dining room, library, and church services. Uh, at night, the wooden pews become beds for the boys. We have no dorms for the girls as yet. Let's pray for that. What dedication. No bad attitudes, no complaints, just men and women who are eager to serve God. What an inspiration. Venezuela Baptist Seminary's main campus has 51 students with a total enrollment of 77, praying for 85 in the fall. And uh, so uh, has all that going on with the complete uh, collapse of the uh, Venezuelan economy. Their, um, their unemployment rate is 45% there currently. And the inflation rate is 100,000% is, uh, per year, so, which is you know, a, a bushel of uh, printed money it takes to buy a loaf of bread. So, uh, so just uh, what's going on in Venezuela, the, the, uh, there's hunger and you know, lack of basic needs there, but uh, God is doing a great work, and the church is there. Ask your prayers for that. And in Egypt, uh, Brother Edgar uh, Fageli is a wonderful uh, Baptist preacher. He's there in Egypt, and people came from everywhere, he said, packed the building, overflowed the outside to hear uh, about the deity and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. More than 50 uh, Egyptians stood and prayed to accept Christ as their Savior. 100 uh, pastors and 100 and more than 100 pastors and leaders from northern Sudan, Iraq, Lebanon, Syria, and Egypt are going to attend the leadership conference in Egypt in July. So please pray for us. So uh, what a powerful, uh, powerful uh, set of testimonies that is. Ask your prayers for the Christian Radio International Ministry there and, the, and its uh, Baptist ministry that's out of Munster, Indiana. And uh, the work that they're doing with missionaries is just tremendous right now. So ask your prayers for them as well. All right, let's go ahead.